Alistair Begg recently told a caller or a, a emailer, an old lady that uh, had uh, a grandson who was getting married to a transgender person. Go ahead and go to the wedding. Go ahead and do it. And this sent shockwaves throughout the whole evangelical world. And so here we are today to discuss what all of that means. Uh, welcome to Contramundum. I'm Andrew Isker and with me is CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I feel much better this week. Uh, actually, this is our second show this week, so I'm feeling yeah. great. I, I think we pumped up on Monday for the Friday episode, so but, um, maybe we'll do another election recap on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, <clears throat> how many you know so-called independents in uh, New Hampshire are going to go vote for Nikki Haley? You know, Democrats in disguise. That'll be that'll be an interesting see, you know thing to to see and see what happens. Uh, so yeah, maybe Tuesday we'll we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, but uh, for today, our topic of discussion is is this Alistair Begg thing. And so if if anybody you know watching doesn't know who Alistair Begg is, uh, CJ, I mean you've talked uh, you we talked a little bit like you you grew up listening to him, didn't you? Is that uh, is that accurate? Well, yeah, in college, I mean yeah. he's. Um... I wouldn't say I was like a huge listener of his, but um, I always, I always thought he was great. Uh, I still do think he's great. It's um, this is one of the things that we're going to talk about. I, you and I might have a different flavor of response uh, to this, um, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I still respect. Um, you know these these people are like bridges that have helped connect us with um, a better way of understanding Christianity. And mm -hmm. his, you know, the historic faith. I grew up in California, which is like megachurch central, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, th these are the people that helped me just um, start that journey away from, um, you know, the, the difficulties that I grew up with uh, in the church, you know. So yeah. I, I still have respect for them. I just, I don't think they know what time it is. And I don't think yeah. they're mentally prepared to live in a world that's not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. My, my take is a little bit different, but I, you know, in the same thing, like in college, I would listen to him. Like he was one of the few, you know, you'd have like Christian radio and there'd be a lot of wacky stuff, uh, content that would be on there, but you would have like RC Sproul and Alistair Begg. Those were the ones that were always really solid. Um, and, and I, those are the ones I looked forward to. Like if I was working and, and listened to the radio, I, I, I appreciated him and, and RC and, and, you know, John MacArthur would be on the radio too. Like those guys uh, had the best stuff to say. Like they actually you know, knew the Bible and <laughs> knew what it was about, uh, which is saying something for most uh, evangelical content that was out there, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and so, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't like, um, it, it, it isn't like some of these woke people, like all, all of these, you know, random, woke evangelical folks or even some like Russell Moore or David French, people like that, um, where there is, you know, it is different. There is a very long track record of this guy being really, really solid. Right. And everyone having a, a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, but at the same time, uh, like you don't just wake up one day and say things that he said, like, you don't just all of a sudden, Oh yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we have, we have the clicker. Let's, let's play it. And and discuss uh, for anyone that hasn't um, that hasn't uh, heard it yet. But I have no basis upon which I could argue. Hold on, we'll 
Hold on. Uh... I w myself would not be where they are were it not for the amazing grace of God, were it not for his compassion towards me. And in very specific areas, this comes across. I mean, you and I know that we field questions all the time that go along the lines of, uh, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this, and I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do, which is a huge responsibility. And in a conversation like that just a few days ago, um, and uh, people may... Yeah, it is. Like, I'll just pause it there for just a moment. It is a huge responsibility. Like he gets that. That's good. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a huge responsibility. Somebody coming in, to you and saying, what should I do? Here's this difficult situation. Let's see how he handles it. I don't like this answer, but I asked the, I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your uh, belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't countenance uh, in any affirming way the choices that he has made in life. Yes. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suggest that you do go to the ceremony, mm -hmm. and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Hmm. Oh, she said, what? She was caught off guard. I said, well, here's the thing. Pause it. You I mean... The grandmother has better instincts than he does. Pastor Peg. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. yeah, she was caught off guard. Um, yeah. For good as, reason. For good reason. Yeah. Yes. Anyways. So yeah, going, let's, let's, let's let him finish. They're, you're not going to, your, your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared mm -hmm. to countenance anything. And it is a fancy, it is a fine line, isn't it? It really yeah. is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and, and don't understand that he is a king. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, like he's talking about affirming, you know, just affirming his choices, um, respecting them and letting him know that um, we, we, you know, we, we we affirm what he's what he's doing. And it's just it's crazy to me that someone would 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 talk about counsel, would someone would counsel an individual to participate in the same um, trajectory that all the corporations, all the educational yeah. outlets, all the entertainment, the media, uh, the bureaucracies, you know, the global elites. There's if if we as as Christians can't stand against all of those influences, then who's going to do it? I mean, he gets yeah. the affirmation everywhere he looks. Every TV yeah. show, every social media influencer, all the, the the most important people and institutions on the global scene are in def are uh, you know we're working to affirm. And use the rhetoric of and paradigm of love in order to, mm -hmm. you know, to allow him to do this. And Christians should be like the single, the last, like standing people that are opposing all this. The the lone it's, bulwark, maybe, it's, if you it's, will, if you will. It's um, it's really <laughs> bizarre. I it's it's um, it's not bizarre though. I mean, it's, the, it's these, not at all. No. no, these people are 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 flowing with the zeitgeist, and it's um. It's it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah that that is um that is the the thing about this video and in this clip of of him is 
I mean, this is a this is like such a Jake Meador take. <laughs> it's funny. It's I mean, I don't even. I mean, to be fair to Jake, which yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if he would do this, right? I mean, I don't know. I I, I think I think he'd be better. He has better instincts than that, right? Uh, and so, um, no, like like. So one one of the things here too that in the major problem with it, like well, for one, the grandma has way better instincts about this, mm-hmm. and and her instincts are correct. And what what Beg is is doing is saying, right? Well, all of it's predicated on we want we want to reach this person, we want to win this grandson of yours, and this is how we go about doing it. And like you said. In every other area of life, literally every other place in this person's life, he is getting, you're great, you're just fine. Anybody that thinks that that you aren't is evil and bad. Uh, every, everywhere. Turns on the TV, goes on the internet, goes to work. Everywhere. He's being told, you're fine, this is good, you are a good person because you are this. And the only place... He might be told, "No, this is this is horrible. What you're doing to yourself, right? This is this is terrible. This is this is sin. This is awful." Would be his, you know, fundamentalist evangelical grandma. That's the only person, right? The yeah. only person. And what is what does Beg tell her? Yeah, he's Beg he's, tells her. he's leaning in. He's leaning into the entire narrative about how judgmental Christians are, yeah. uh, how bigoted, um, you know, like the, the older generations are. He's completely just leaning into everything. And and what he's doing is like, OK, so I think there's like maybe a, a thousand radio stations that broadcast his uh, his show. Um, and, and so there, there's that there, there, there's a few more people that listen to him than Contramundum at this point, just unfortunately, a just, just a couple a more. Yeah. And all of these people that are listening to him, right. Many of them have had to make this decision. They've got, they've got a nephew or a cousin or a kid or a grandkid where they've said, no, we're not going. We're Christians. We are not going to, to, um, uh, dignify and sol- uh, solemnize this abomination with our presence well you yeah, cannot th- do that well that- and that's the righteous just good thing to do and he's telling them what that you are judgmental yeah. that you are bad that you are a bad christian if you've done this or if you plan on doing this or if you ever do this that's a bad thing so like that's that's what he's doing but he's he's done a great evil here and the, the thing that that sets me off about it is this is not a difficult question, right? I had all sorts of people, you know, I mean, I had a tweet yesterday. People went, went crazy. Um, and they're like, how dare you criticize this guy and be disrespectful and everything. Cause he's, he's a hero. People respect him and listen to him for a long time. And it's like, this is a simple question. This is, mm-hmm. this is like theological two plus two. That's what this is. Like, this is the easiest question in the world, right? This is not hard. Don't mm-hmm. go right. Easiest answer you could give. You could say, I know maybe emotionally this will be hard for you, grandma, but right. What does Jesus say? Right. Those who, who give up mother and, and father and sister and brother, right. will receive a hundredfold in the world to come. Right. That this is, this is a suffering that you would take on if this, cause this, this young man, maybe he's going to write you out of your life and curse your name until you die and hate you forever. Right. That's a, a suffering that you will take on for Jesus. 
Correct. That is a good and holy and just and righteous thing that you would be doing. And instead of saying that, he just goes with, oh, well, you want to be loving. Yeah. You, know, you want to be compassionate. You don't want to make them think that you're a mean person. Right. Come on. Like, it's not a hard question. That's the problem. And so people are like, <laughs> but he's had he's had decades of faithful ministry. How can you call him a gelding? And it's like, well, it doesn't come out of nowhere, like this kind of compromise. Right. That's that's the thing that I that I want people to understand. Like this, you don't just wake up one day and say, Yeah, go to the go to your your trans grandson's wedding. Right. Uh no, no, like that you 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 don't just suddenly decide that. Right. It, it's a long trajectory where you see the writing on the wall. You have pressure from people because, right, here's the thing. He's a very respected and respectable man. Mm-hmm. And within the evangelical world, like respectability is the coin of the realm. Yeah. And so, right, what's the respectable <sighs> thing in like the in like upper middle class, uh, you know, Baptist and PCA world? Right. The respectable thing in in suburban evangelical christianity is well just just be compassionate and gracious just love people man just be just be loving don't be a don't be a nasty you know hillbilly bigot right you don't want people to think you're like one of those and and so that's the pressure that pastors like him are under constantly consistently all the time and what does he do he buckles under it right that's yeah. that's what he's it's cowardice it's, yeah. it's cowardice and this isn't and some people are like Oh, you need to be gracious. Like, this is just one mistake. And it's like, no, this was like planned out. This wasn't like an off the cuff comment where he's on a podcast or someone, something, and somebody asks him a question, you know, randomly, and he has to think up an answer. Like this was prepared. This was, this is something he put thought into. And this is, this isn't even, this is what he's talking about, like promoting it and talking about how this was a good thing he did that happened earlier. Hmm. Right. It isn't, it's, this is counseling you privately as a pastor. And then he's broadcasting this is what I did and isn't so great. And this is, this is what, you know, godly, compassionate, faithful Christianity looks like. And so, yeah, no, no, like this is, this is a, a huge error and it isn't. And people are like, Oh, it's just one mistake. Yeah. One it, mistake. The, the other problem too, is this isn't like gluttony or something like, like, I mean, e, I love the concept that E. Michael Jones and, and E. Michael Jones went on with Doug Wilson on that um, and, and yeah. talked about like sexual liberation, like changing sexual norms is like so vital to like a society's yeah. well-being that when you yeah. when you alter and, and tinker with those things, you can create um, ripple effects that transform an entire society. Everything. Like s- sexual yeah. deviancy is a mechanism of social revolution. And so yes. this isn't just a random sin. This is like this is the most core and precious and valuable mechanism that the, the revolutionaries have is tinkering with a social institution like marriage. And yeah. what he's doing in participating in the social revolution is – like you, you talked a lot. Like, uh, there's a lot of listeners that heard him and and um, you know, feel like they have to you know go down this route. But what he's also done is he's also spoken to a lot of pastors who are facing this yes. very scenario right now. There's so many yeah. people in the congregations whose children are going through this, and so the ripple effect. Like when you're at the top of like a like an influence pyramid and you're mm-hmm. influencing other pastors in the way that um, Alistair Begg does. You're creating monsters of social change with just yes. one, with one. It, it's not even just bad advice, but one capitulation. I would call it a capitulation. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, this is the time to gird up your loins, have courage, and stand against 
the crowd and be the one voice, even to the point of disappointing your own family, to be the one voice that says, no, I'm not going to participate th- in this at all. Yeah, I I, uh, I I look at it too. Like, I mean, I, I think about it in just in general, uh, in terms of like, okay, this guy's been preaching since 1975. And, and you think about the things like I, I have heard him preach against abortion and homosexuality and things like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's always kind of generic. It's always kind of general, like, yeah, there's societal sins and, and things like that. But this, this kind of preaching, this is, this is, you know, typical in, in like the, the PCA world and in kind of your reformed Baptist world where I don't care about politics or culture or culture war and things like that. I only care about the gospel, right? That's <laughs> right, what they right. constantly say. That's, I mean, you go back to like, like Owen yeah. Strayan and all these guys. I care about the gospel. All I care about is the gospel. And, and when they say I, gospel, what they mean is I, I care only about soteriology, right? I, yeah. Gospel yeah. is, is reduced to soteriology and that's it, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing beyond that. It's, it's an individual's justification, their regeneration, right? That is the only thing that they care about. Right. And so what that does, right, in the midst of, of cultural and sexual revolution that has been ongoing for, for 40 or for, for 80 years, right, that allows you to hide behind it, mm-hmm. right? You could say, well, I only care about the gospel. I don't care about, you know, I don't care about feminism and no-fault divorce and, and pornography and gay marriage and all of these, you know, and, and transgenderism and all these things. I, you know, I care about those things. You're never going to say, I don't care about that stuff, but I care about the gospel, right? I, that's my main priority is preaching the gospel. And, and it allows you to hide. It allows you to hide from, from these things. And that's what they've done. I mean, think about the man's ministry, right? When people are like, oh, he's had decades and decades of faithful ministry. What has occurred in America from 1975 until today, right? Think about all the things that have happened here and what has he done? Yeah. Right. Where is he taking a courageous stand against these things? And, and the reason why is because 1975, 1985, 1995, that's all positive world. Right. So if, if anyone's not familiar that that's listening to this, right, Aaron Wren's three, three world, you know, paradigm positive world is when Christians are well thought of by society. Right. It's a, there's a benefit, a positive benefit to being a Christian. And that, that ended in the nineties. And then you go to neutral world where it's, the society is kind of ambivalent about Christians. It's just a thing, right? It's just a thing that you are. It's not, it's neither good nor bad, right? Well, 2015 after Obergefell, you're in negative world mm-hmm. where if you are an evangelical Christian and you believe you are a faithful believer in the Bible, right? Now you are a bad person. You are an enemy. You are evil. And, no. and the way to, I mean, why do we, why do we get to negative world? Right. That's one thing. Like, I, I hope we have Aaron Wren on with his, his book on this, um, uh, soon, um, with that, I want to ask him is like, how could have neg- how could negative world have been prevented, right? How would it, how how do was there a possibility of not getting to negative world, and and I think in, in my mind, like the answer to that question is, you had to have pastors that are equipped and ready and fighting like they're in negative world when you were in positive world, right? When the revolution was ongoing, you had to have well, men with a no. Moscow mood. <laughs> things yeah. like that ready ready to fight and say no this is bad and instead of leaving it to um <clears throat> uh pat robertson and james dobson and people like that but like respected well you know top of like you said the influence pyramid men right people that everyone says this is a good godly faithful man 
to say these things are evil and we have to stop it. Yeah. Right? We have to stop. We have to empower the state to stop it. We have to yeah. use law and power yeah. to stop it. <laughs> the other thing too is like this is um it's not just like um a discussion about whether she affirms his homosexuality or his homosexual behavior. It's also a question about like um the role of of marriage as a social institution. See, that's yeah. another layer of this that that Evan, like a you know gospel centered evangelicals just cannot wrap their mind around um, the fact that there are social institutions like marriage that are hegemonic in the way that they yes. um, they train people's minds. Like when you when you participate as a social witness in a community event like a wedding, you know you're not just going there because of one of the partners' like personal feelings and your personal relationship with that person as your nephew or your grandson or whatever. You're also participating in a community event. And about um, acknowledging and witnessing and affirming an actual creation of a social institution. So yeah. when you're there at a gay wedding, it's, it's, a, it's a fake marriage. It's obviously not a real marriage. But when you're yeah. there participating in that, you're contributing to the social revolution. So like yes. this, this type of stuff is so absent from his mind because these gospel-centered people cannot think in terms of social institutions. It's just a completely no. foreign topic for them. No, and, and and that's the thing too, is like if 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 the gospel is is only an individual's justification, and that's all we're gonna focus on and talk about, right? Then then all the implications of it do not matter. Like you read um you read uh you know Paul's epistles, right? Uh and the beginning of every epistle is is doctrine. It's stuff about justification. It's it's it is it's the it's that gospel theology, but then the second half of all of his epistles are, all right, how do you live as a community, as a people in light of these things? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what they miss. And so applying it, like applying the gospel is it, it affects social institutions that affects social order. Exactly. And, and marriage, you, if you, marriage is a social institution. And when you participate in its, in its degradation, um, you are part of the revolution. And like, yes. so, so Christianity, the core of Christianity could be said to be the gospel, but the gospel is not the extent of a Christian life or a Christian metaphysic, a Christian understanding of the world and our duty as man to uh, extend this, the social order, the natural order, um, you know, to, to the full extent possible within, within, um, you know, our political rationale. You, you, so you can't, you can't just make the gospel the only thing. These are the consequences. The consequences of making the gospel the only thing is the transfer is the transition from positive to, to, to negative world. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, you just give up on all these things because none, none of that stuff matters, right? We only care about, we're, there are no such thing as Christian nations. We only, we only care about the gospel and saving sinners. And so then you, you burn an entire society down and you let people destroy it uh, because, well, we are only caring about saving sinners. We're not caring about any of this other stuff because we care about the gospel. We only care about the gospel, not all this other mm -hmm. stuff, not politics, mm -hmm. not culture. That's that's me. That's bad stuff. Yeah, that's this is like and gross. This is you know Jesus wants the rose commentary. That's all. Yes. that's all it is. Yes, that's it's 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 fundamentally fundamentally like anabaptistic and revolutionary, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, that's that's what it is. And 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 so and and that has been. I mean, when people are like, "Oh, he's been a faithful pastor for so long," but that, that has been like the undercurrent of the preaching of not just men like him, but all of evangelicalism for the last fifty years. Is we only care about the gospel, we only care about these things, and we're not going to touch any of this other stuff. But you read the entire Bible, and the entire Bible cares about 
cultures and societies and peoples and how they live. I mean, look at, look at, <laughs> look at how God judged Israel, right? He didn't, he didn't judge Israel because oh, there's, there's too many unregenerate people here, right? That's not how he talked. Oh yeah. Or they like, didn't as assent to the right creed. Yes. Right. No, it's like your entire society is, is completely monstrous and I'm destroying it. Right. Because of all these evil things that you do all throughout your society, which is an, an effect, of course, of of not being you know, not having faithful people that, that love the Lord. But but you just you you cut those things off. You don't care about any of that stuff and you leave it wide open. And this is this is where, like, all the woke stuff comes in um, largely because like the woke people, they they get right they're They're completely incorrect, but they get that there are implications to faith beyond just in my in, internal human heart, mm -hmm. right? Their, their application of course is, is evil and monstrous and revolutionary. Um, and, and so they, they left all that stuff for them to take it over, right? That's what's happened. And, and so anyway, like I, I, uh, I look at it and I'm like, I think we, it, this sort of thing should cause us to reevaluate the last 50 or 60 years of what we considered solid evangelical teaching. We should, we should go back and think, all right, the, the house is burning down and you are, you're doing nothing about it, right? You're going to, you're going to preach a sermon on justification now instead of dealing with the house burning down. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. Um, it is, it is funny, like how often, and, and this, this, you can see this everywhere with like Russell Moore and Tim Keller and just all the big wigs, right? So the, they, they take Christian themes and somehow it's okay to politicize those themes as long as they go along with the left's political agenda, right? So you can have open immigration um, because we're not supposed to, um, you know, distinguish between peoples. We're not supposed to, you know, have prejudices and all these things. We're not supposed to divide the church. And so we can take these concepts and we can shove them down the throat of the American people and go along with, you know, what these, uh, you know, the globalist type mentality, the internationalist mentality. And so, don't like, you know, CJ, that, uh, that, that God had laws for sojourners and, and refugees. And so that means we should have infinity immigration. Yeah, like, exactly. That's exactly. an implication you're allowed to draw. Yeah. And somehow that's not Christian nationalism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, this is a, this is a great point. Like, so you're allowed to, to apply things like love and charity and, um, you know, patience and kindness and all these buzzwords, you're allowed to apply them as long as you are supporting whatever the left is okay with. So you can't apply these things like love of actual marriage. You can't apply the love for the quality of social institutions, love for your people, love for your traditions, for your customs. Mm -hmm. You have to apply it in a way that's like love for your nephew's liberal left-wing choices because yeah. that is acceptable to all the social organizations and the media and the people that are promoting uh, his his podcast, right? The people that are – because he would be – if he had answered in any other way, if he had said that I, he told the grandma to uh, you know, stand strong and refuse to participate in that – how many sh radio waves would he have been kicked off of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's unloving. So, that's 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 mean and bad, and that's that's not compassionate. Yeah, I mean he he made he made the right choice for his respectability. Yeah, exactly. And that that's 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 what people have to understand is, and 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 you know the tweet that really set people off. And I I mean some of it I did it intentionally because like I wanted to to um I wanted to you know, drive out, drive, draw out the antithesis, right. Is, 
you have well, we won't play it because this is a family show. Uh, but the the uh, Sean Strickland uh, interview uh, for the UFC fight, I think it's in Toronto or something. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a reporter saying we have a, we have a large LGBT community here, and uh, you said how you don't want to have a gay son because you want to have grandkids or something like that. And he just goes <laughs> off on the guy and yeah. and calls him you know <laughs> he calls him an infection and stuff like that. just you know just goes crazy. On him. <clears throat> and and I look at that and I think okay like he, the the key difference here it, because like Strickland has a lot to lose mm-hmm. in saying what he believes, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, they're, he's, he's under a lot of the same type of pressures and constraints, all the same pressures and constraints, even more so, because we're talking millions of dollars of sponsorships and things like that um, yeah. at stake with a, with a big time MMA guy. That's, that's where they make most of their money. And he doesn't care. He just says, yeah. no, no, this is what I believe. And I don't care, you know, and, and it, it's the difference. I mean, ultimately it really is a difference in, in terms of like, testosterone levels right <laughs> i mean it really is like here's a man who's a man who is a man who speaks like a man and acts like a man and then you contrast that and they happened the same day like both the clips came out the same day and you contrast that with beg who's like well you know we don't want to play into what these people think about this uh, we want we want to be thought of as compassionate and loving right uh like contrast those two and and the reason like they're different is is ultimately one is a coward and the other has courage. And the, the, the crazy thing is evangelical churches don't want guys like Sean Strickland in them. They don't want men like that. They don't want men. They don't, they don't much less leaders. Right. And this is the point I made in the tweet is right. You take a guy like Sean Strickland, right. Grew up in, you know, I don't know if you've seen podcasts and stuff that he's been on where he's talked about it. Like there was one where he just broke down in tears, but he was, he was abused horribly as a child. Uh, grew up in very in poverty and and things like that, and you know, rough guy. And imagine him at like twenty two, right? And say he grew, you know, he grew up in the church and he was still a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Imagine a guy like that thinking, you know, I I I feel the call to to pastor to lead a church, right? I I believe the gospel, and he's still the same guy though, right? Right? What seminary would he go to? And if he did. He'd be kicked out in the first semester and maybe the mm-hmm. first week, mm-hmm. right? Because he wouldn't put up with nonsense that you have to put up with, right? You, in order to climb the, the ladder in conservative evangelicalism, right? You have to be a good, sweet little boy. You can't ever, you can't ever stand up for yourself or stand up for what's right with all the monstrosity that surrounds you everywhere, right? There's, there's no way for guys like that to ever, ever even enter that world. Mm-hmm. It's it's not possible. They, they they so even forget like even just having a random pastor like that who just is bold and says what he thinks and and believes it, right? Forget that. Like those guys don't exist because they're not allowed, right? There's a big sign on the door: no men allowed, right? That's that's so. These are the men we have to draw from for leadership in the church. So you wonder why why things are the way they are. Yeah, right? we we. Right? We we have men without chess, right? We 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 geld them and and bid them be fruitful, right? That's that's what we have. That's why we have men like this, right? Yeah. That's why guys go. And it's always the question: Well, why do all these young guys listen to Andrew Tate, who's who's awful, right? Terrible. I'm not mm-hmm. going to praise that guy ever. Um, 
why do they all listen to him? Why do they look to guys like Sean Strickland, who, you know, every other word's the F-bomb, right? Why do they look at, look to that? It's just, it's, it's clearly, it's like pagan idolatry of, of, of machismo and masculinity. That's what it is, right? Good godly men, they, they will be meek and, and gentle and, and things like that. And it's like, no, men are looking for men to lead. And the yeah, only this, men this is like what leading are outside yeah, the church. Yeah, Stephen points this out all the time. Like there's this cult in the church of like grace conquering and subduing our natures. Whereas the classical Christian view is that um, grace um, supports our natures and it, it, it revives uh, nature. And so as men, we're allowed to be manlike. And the reason why people like Andrew Tate are appealing to a lot of people is because there's no one else out there in the Christian world who's encouraging them to embrace their masculinity and affirming the fact that God made them as men to be men and that um, you know the coming of Christianity does not kill that, but rather reaffirms it and revitalizes it. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing, like, like Strickland is, is, is not a believer and he's very critical of Christianity. And actually his, his criticisms are, I mean, they're, they're off base, but I get why he, he makes them like, he's like, look at, look at, uh, Scandinavia, right? <clears throat> look at, uh, look at what happened there. They went from like bloodthirsty Vikings, you know, raping and pillaging and, and destroying. And, and now they're like the, the weakest, wimpiest nation of, of men in Europe. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like, well, it's, it must be Christianity that did that. Mm-hmm. It is. It wasn't actually. Um, <coughs> it was, it was the post-war consensus <laughs> that did it. Um, that's not Christianity at all. A lot of people confuse the two, uh, particularly within the church, but. There's good reason to, to have... confuse the two. I mean, yeah. like I mean, uh, Christianity has been, um, you know, the outfit um, that uh, the left has worn over the last hundred years. Yeah, I mean, this—that's the point that that Oren uh, McIntyre makes all the time: is that they hollow out your religion, wears a skin suit. Yeah, and that's that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. And and the the mechanism that they use though is is this kind of biblicism about masculinity that like if you want to be a Christian, and, and you, we go back to you know uh, months ago, months and months ago when we had like Eric Khan on, and yeah. he's talking we're talking about Mark Driscoll and, and some of the comments that he made recently, and like the reason Driscoll got big is he he behaved like a man and said you don't have to you know check out your masculinity the second you come into a church right that's yeah. that, that was like his message and i mean look what they look what they did to him. i mean we could get into like the controversy of all of that and and what he did wrong and things like <laughs> yeah. that but like but like you're you're not allowed to have guys like that you're not allowed to have leaders like that they will destroy you if you do that and right. And so, yeah, I, I, I look at it that way where it's like, what, what would it look like if, if a guy like, like Sean Strickland, who I think is like this avatar for, for just regular men acting like men, right? What would he look like if he became a Christian, if grace perfected nature rather than destroyed it, right? What would, what would he be like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he would be saying the same stuff. Just without the f bombs, man. Uh, maybe you keep a few in. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like he would be the same guy, only he believes in Jesus now, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's what would happen. We then that's that's those are the kind of men we we need to have. That's what we need to do is have is have men, and and the only like we have to we have to step over and around this stuff, mm-hmm. right? You're there, you're not going to get them from the institutions that are currently extant, right? They're mm-hmm. not going to come from that. You're not going to get godly faithful men as men 
from our seminaries, from our denominations, right? You might, a few might slip through the cracks, right? There's a few, there's just a few handful. Like we could probably name them. Half of them been on this show. <laughs> it's like, there's not very many of them. And right. How do we, it's not like they're they're They don't exist. Like men that could lead they're out there, right? Where did, where do they come from? Yeah, they have to come from alternate means, right? It has right. to be local churches. Like I, I went on, uh, John Harris's show last night, and this is some of the stuff we talked about. It's like we have to; it has to be the local church, right? Good the 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 few rock, absolutely rock solid churches that are situated for the fight in negative world, right? Those need to be the ones training men, and um, I I, I think that's that's the only way, right? That's no. that's the only way forward here. Otherwise, we're going to continue to have men, not not just like like Beg, because I, I I think I think of Beg. To circle back to him, I think of him as a guy who is is stuck in positive world. Right, you can see his response to COVID. It's the same thing. Like he kept his church locked down after the terrible governor in Ohio uh, opened it. Finally, opened it back up. Like he kept he kept it locked down. He didn't oppose it in in any way. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, contrast him with with John MacArthur, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at him like look at look at the things that just in Ohio in particular. You want to talk about localism. Like, look at what their governor has done, right? Their governor had this bill. The legislature in Ohio says we're going to ban uh, trans surgeries, and the, the governor vetoes it. Right. <laughs> right. And right. Alistair Pegg's in Ohio. He is in Ohio. It's a huge church in Ohio. What is he saying about this stuff? Nothing right. at mm-hmm. all. Nothing. Nothing. Why? Well, it's not very respectable because I only care about the gospel. I only <laughs> care about the gospel. Like, well, this will this will harm my witness if i enter the culture war i can't do that right he's he's stuck in positive world that's yeah. where he is he, he's not ready for a fight and he's, he's never going to be like he's, he's 71 years old he's old he's, he's not going to change but the problem is right young um young men right that are influenced by men like him think this is the way to do things right and you see this right you see this is what is what's occurring um and I don't know, like I, I, I look at it. I mean, I think as, as kind of the dust clears from this and people think about it a little bit longer, because I don't, I don't I mean, maybe I could be surprised and he goes on the show next week and says, you know, I was wrong about that. I got pushed back and they were right and I was wrong. Um, that could happen, but I doubt it. Right. And so if it doesn't, what are people going to say? They're just going to be like, well, he still has decades of faithful ministry. So we should keep <clears> this <throat> being influenced by him or just say. No, this guy. This guy's not going to make it. We're done, right? That, yeah. That's what, that. That's where you have to go with these things. Like when, when you fail this spectacularly on an issue this important. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone with um, a big audience like him that you that would um, have taken a different approach that is more courageous? Can you think of anyone? Like, I mean, Doug Wilson, um, obviously. I think I think MacArthur would uh-huh. if he, MacArthur. If, yeah, if MacArthur's yeah. asked the same question and he's got the sim- similar audience. Like he would he would say, no, don't go to that. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah. we've been critical of MacArthur on here, and I've been critical of him and everything. And and uh, it's true. No, you're right. You're right, though. He, I, I agree. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. But I mean, he's a he too is a dying breed, and and he it doesn't have the same respectability, right? He's the guy that said, "Go home, Bethmore." 
right? He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> right, right. No, you're right. And and he took he's taking hits for that Good right, in the yeah. respectability game, right? Um, and <clears> so, uh, yeah. But everyone else, like they are very calculated in maintaining their respectable status. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's kind of the outlier in in that at high level. Um, yeah. You know how would how would RC have answered? That's a good here. Let me pull that this one up. Um, I think RC would have been with John MacArthur. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think I think so. And and it's interesting. Like you know, RC passes away in was it 2016? I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I mean, it isn't just because he passed away that all like the Gospel Coalition and and the the broader reformed world went absolutely crazy after that. But I think, I think, yeah, that's exactly what would he have said? Uh, what is wrong with you people? Right. That would have been his, his answer. Why are you even asking? This is insane. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it plays a role in it though. Like he would have been a moderating influence on a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it still would have happened, but there would have been a lot more dissension in in the moment if yeah. he was, if he had been granted, you know, 10 more years of life in, in ministry and, and so forth. So yeah, that, that is a, you know, that's a good question. Um, but we, 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 we've lost, you know, those kind of guys like John MacArthur's not gonna be around much, much longer. He's, he's, is he in his eighties? Um, he's really healthy and active, but yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's. He was, it's, he played, he played football growing up and in, in college yeah. and he's pretty good. What you want to talk? I mean, I mean, get back to like the biological aspect of this conversation. Like, yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. He played football and is, <laughs> is fit and healthy. Uh, probably has much higher testosterone levels than a man in his you know late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Uh, 84. Okay. Wow. He's 84 years old. Yeah. So he's <laughs> be interested to see, to get a, you know, a blood uh, test between the two, between Alistair Beck and John McCarthy. <laughs> let's, let's check the relative key levels. He's got 13 years on him. I bet it's higher. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, that's the reality. Like the, like the biological aspect, we talked about this with, with rent, with broad nationalists. Um, like that's part of all of this calculus, in in the sexual revolution and the sexual insanity that's that's occurring is is people are uh, they are less they're less men than they used to be right that's a reality i think it's not just this like low iq machismo point that i that i'm making that it's like silly it's like no we don't we we literally don't have men like the average you know t level of a 20 year old is less than a 60 year old from 40 years ago like it's way down like it's a real thing and so, like, does that play a role in this stuff? Absolutely, it does. Of course, it does. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, Douglas MacArthur is distant related to him. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna go with that. We're not gonna fact check it. We're just, I'm gonna not gonna, go yeah, we're just, it's, I'm gonna believe we're, that for the yeah, rest of my true. life. True. Yep, it's yeah. true. I read it you in heard, the comments. Ex- it must ex- be true. <laughs> this is, ex- you heard it exclusively from Contra, Contra Mundum. Exactly. So, I, yeah, I, I, I look at it in, in this way. Um, that I, you know, it'd be easy to black pill about this stuff and think like, oh, even our best leaders are, are failing. Uh, but I, at the same time, like you see the pushback to it. You see the people that, that don't freak out at what I said. They're like, no, you're right. Like, this is insane that he said this, mm-hmm. right? This is, if he's been preaching the Bible for 50 years, he should know better, right? If anybody think, should know, he should know. Do you think people like Alistair Begg who just, who don't, they can't, 
read the clock, right? They don't know what time yeah. it is. They they don't realize what's happening. Um, they have a very negative view of like <laughs> Christianity as a social phenomenon prior to like the nineteen you know sixties or something. That yeah. Christianity was always. Um, do you think? Do you think that there's still a use for these people? Like, um, I mean, obviously he's got the proper view on the definition and the morality of these things. Mm. He just doesn't have any like social interpretive framework by which to to really comment on these as a as a learned man. But do you think like like how can we respect these people still and not just disregard them as as basically just stupid fools who are going to hell? I don't think he's going to hell for being an idiot. Um we could we could start there. Like, do, you, think, do you think he's think, an idiot? Um well, maybe yeah, maybe I should rephrase that. I don't think No, I'm just I mean this is a this is a good discussion yeah. because like this is the same discussion as how do we think about our boomer grandparents who yeah, are, yeah, like yeah. who yeah. basically squandered their cultural inheritance. How yeah. should we treat these people? You um know, what do we do? Yeah, I I look at it. I mean, some of it too is people like, "Well, why how you dare you say this stuff? It's like, okay, if I'm in the room with him, right, I would still be very harsh, right? I would still be like, no, this is yeah. a cowardice. You should not have done this. This is, this is very bad. And I would, I would be upset, right? I mean, that, that period, like, right. He, he has encouraged the apostasy of thousands of people from what, what he did just from this alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe more than that. Right. So it's very bad and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, Oh, I have, I have a ton of respect for you, except for this one little thing. It's like, no, you, you shouldn't have the same degree of respect. Mm. Right. Um, but, and, and it doesn't mean that, you know, his sermons on, you know, on Ephesians from 30 years ago, right. You can't listen to those and get anything out of them. Um, but you know, you should, you, you should like think back, like what's the legacy of this guy, if this is what it's brought him to. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I, I think it's, it, that too is a delicate thing where I, I think you, in some sense, you have to disregard their leadership from this point forward. Um, right. You can't, you, you have to say, okay, you did a lot of great stuff, you know, over the years, here's your gold watch. Right, time yeah. to go. Um, and like that, that's how I, I look at it, right? Like mentally put them out to pasture, right? Yeah. Don't, uh, don't regard them as anyone you should listen to anymore. If you fail the spectacularly, right? Yeah. Um, if, if, if like we said, you know, John McCarthy, I w he wouldn't say this, but if he did, right? Well, bye, John. See you later. Uh, you know, like that's, that's the attitude I think you have to have. And it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, no, you need to respect your elders. You need to respect these, these godly men that have come before you. It's like, well, they, they failed in the worst possible. I think if you are, this, it's, not, this it's just, it's not just that they failed though. It's that they, no. they capitulated. Yes. That's, that's different. Right. Like, think, like you are like in ancient Israel. Yeah, Dabney failed too, but yeah, Dabney you know failed, I mean? but he didn't capitulate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so like, think if you're in ancient Israel, right. And and they're setting up statues of Baal in the temple. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a high priest. He's had some great teaching for decades. Like he, he knows the law really well. He's really wise, really well-respected. He's got a nice accent, right? Everyone loves him. But he says, well, if we, if we really strongly oppose putting that statue of Baal, that idol of Baal in the temple, that's just going to affirm everything they think about us anyway. 
So it would not be very loving, right? We should actually attend the ceremony when they when they dedicate the statue of Baal. We should we should, you should be you should make your opposition known. Right? You should say, well, I don't I don't agree with this, but just but attend that ceremony anyway, so they don't get the wrong opinion of you. Right? That uh that is that that's what these guys are. Right? That's so how would you how would you look at it in that way? Right? Um it's like, well, sorry, man, you you gave up, you gave in, you surrendered. And it's time for different leadership. Right? It's time yeah. it's it's time for somebody else. Right? That's that's how you have to look at it. And it's like you can't it's like, oh, you don't you don't just say, oh well, I respect everything you did. You've been such a, a good, godly, wonderful man for so many years, for so long. Uh no, that's not the attitude you should have. Right? That is um like when they when they surrender on something this important, you mm-hmm. can't you can't just have this deference to them, right? That's right. that also is insane. <clears throat> right, right. No, I I, I agree. I, I I agree. Um, you know, and uh, I, I think I think that he speaks to a generation as well. That's um, they re- they re- that people are quickly realizing that it's just not going to work anymore. You know, people realize that the church has to have better solutions. The church has to like be aware of what's going on, and I think um, you know we. I think we can respect, um, you know, his his function in in the um, you know that he's had in the church, but just realize that we uh, you, you have to you have to respond. You have to act in, in different ways depending on what time it is and what's happening in the world. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a few people that maybe joined late that don't know what we're talking about, so we can fill them in again here quick. Uh, yeah, Alistair Begg uh, said on his podcast that uh uh he was he was talking about counsel that he gave to uh an, a grandma whose son was going was getting married to a transgender person and uh he told her well make your make your opposition known but you should still go to the ceremony and buy a gift uh that's that's what he did um yeah. so th- this comment here by truddle i'm going to read these we need to read these cj because people some people don't you know, watch the show for some reason and they only listen to the audio. Uh, so uh, Truddle uh, says, respect the godly men who came before, including the predecessors of the immediately prior generation who built the Christian culture. That's, that's an important point too, is right. What is, what is Alistair Begg doing? He is, he's disrespecting the men that came before him, right? He's disrespecting his fathers, right? That's, that's what he's doing. And so, right. That's the question. It's the, it's the same question with like the, the, the boomer question in general that that you brought up CJ it's they they have rebelled against their fathers not all of them like you're your your particular it's, dad or grandpa or whatever yeah. was maybe good godly solid man that worked hard and is part of this you know macro level stuff that happened but generally speaking right we're, we're talking about boomers as an archetype yeah yeah that generation they gave the middle finger to mm-hmm. their dads right and so the subsequent generations, how are you, what are you supposed to do? Like, I mean, it just in within a family situation, like if you had a terrible father and a really good grandpa, right? Which man are you supposed to respect mm-hmm. and honor? Right? The the one who dishonored the honorable one? <laughs> right? Like what what are you supposed to do? Um, and that's 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 what this is about, I think. Is he is he he is is dishonoring the men that built the very comfortable world that he got to live in for the majority of his life. He's mm-hmm. disrespecting them. And exactly. so yep. who needs to have humility here, right? Not the people, res- the younger people responding to him. He needs to, mm-hmm. he needs to have it toward mm-hmm. those 
came before him. Yeah. That's, that's the way to look at it. Right. I, I, I just, I get wound up about this stuff, man, because it's like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just say, Oh no, it's fine. He, he was a good pastor for a long time and we should just, yeah, there's, should, there's agreed to, dis- there's agreed to disagree issues, but, um, <laughs> You know, mechanisms of, of sexual revolution are not, not one of them. You know, that's exactly. Yeah. Like if he he was a farm, man, he gave it away. Like even a dispensationalist or something like you're, you know, (laughs) that's crazy and wacko and it's, uh, but, but like this, John MacArthur alone, man, (laughs) this is a big deal. I mean, this, this, like you, you, you guys, I mean, people have to understand the extent to which, sexual deviancy is just so vital to the regime's uh, ability to conquer America, the West. It's vital to the regime. And like, there is a reason why God says in the book of Romans, like this is the indicator of a society that is totally under judgment yeah. is, is that it, it engages in homosexuality and it approves of, of homosexuality. Yeah. Right, that well, is that's the that's the flashing bright sign that says yeah. you are under divine judgment. That's what it is. And so, right, and it's it's not like just random, right? Like like people that are like biblicists act, right? It's not yeah. just like, oh, God just randomly chose that that's the thing. It's like no, <laughs> exactly. he built a creation that is is that is well ordered and makes sense. And at the very center of it is that men are men, women are women, men couple with women, they have children. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you, and at, that's at the very center, at the very beginning of the Bible in the world yep. that he created, that's, that's the arrangement that he made. And so if you mess that up, you mess up everything, everything else in human society and otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's the indication that it's divine judgment. And so if he's leading, if he's, if he's like, just, you know, eh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Right? If he's doing that, right. He, he isn't, it isn't just like some minor little issue. It is everything, everything. And, and so, but the, again, back to the thing where it's like, um, uh, it is, it, it is, um, it, it is so uh, frustrating because, right. You can, you can hide behind your right. Uh, solid doctrine, right. He's got all the doctrine, you know, totally buttoned up, right. He's, rock solid on the doctrine. And and this is the same thing with like the people who are like, well, I totally affirm the Westminster confession of faith, every single article without a single exception whatsoever. I'm a member in good standing. And then meantime, they're pushing feminism and homosexuality and, and, and gay race, communism and all this kind of stuff on the church. But, Oh, I affirm the Westminster confession. I affirm yeah. it. Like the, the people in the PCA and the same thing in the SBC and everywhere else where it's like, right. That is, that's the shield these people hide behind both to do subversive evil stuff or to hide behind their, their, to hide their cowardice behind. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's what they use. That's it. So, so like, Oh, he's rock solid doctorally. That doesn't matter in this stuff. Ultimately yeah. you that's, that's like the baseline. That's like, okay, that's cool. <clears throat> but here's where the fight is, right? You're, you're not going to get burned at the stake for your views on justification, right? That's right. not going to happen. It's like Josh right. Boyce going to the Vatican wearing his Luther shirt. Like, <laughs> oh, look at how edgy I am. <laughs> it's like, no, no, man. Men who were men who had way more sin than you will ever have, they 
fought those battles 400 and 500 years ago, right? Today, none of you guys want to fight these battles that actually matter to God's people today, right? Right. That's the problem. Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. If they lived in 1517, <laughs> they, they would have been going along with whatever. It's like, well, I would not be very yeah. compassionate to, to say those things about the Pope. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the other well, thing. Like, look at what Martin Luther said about the Pope. Right. Yeah. This, this yeah exactly. Respect. Right. Where's his humility? Where's his humility talking to an older man with authority? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, that's that's it for today. I'm I'm wound up. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go have my second workout of the day. I think uh, after <laughs> this, I'm ready to roll. Uh, let's go. But uh, anything you want want to plug or or, or talk about uh, before we before we get rolling. Uh, nope. Nope. I'm, I'm good. Nothing I, uh, new? Just... No, no new Chronicle stuff at all. No, <laughs> not yet. No, soon, soon. No, <laughs> we've been dealing with some difficulties, but, but soon. So when this is, but, um, hey, I... I think the, the big announcement though, is that all of our, our podcast episodes are up. Yes. They're all, they're all on, uh, all oh, and on also Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah. We have important news for the future of country movie. Big news. Yeah, this is this is the end of season one. This is our 52nd episode of season one. So for season two, uh season two, uh do you wanna do you wanna uh no, announce- you can due to t- okay. popular demand. Well due to popular demand. Due to popular demand, you know, people demand. people have asked a long time like how can we support the show? What can we do? Uh and we're going to launch <laughs> a Patreon for Contramundum. Right? It'll help uh It'll help CJ buy a member gym membership so he can go deadlifting. Uh, that will be that will be one of the tiers. We're, we're losing <laughs> we're losing viewers fast. <laughs> uh, well, we but we want yeah we want to to encourage people if they they support the show and want uh, want more stuff right we want to we want to bring on you know guests you know a private episode uh, for supporters where we could do Q and A uh, discuss things. Uh, uh, maybe get even, you know, people are like, Oh, you guys are really edgy, you know? And it's like, wow, we're, I think we're holding back. Uh, <laughs> so in the private episode, we'll let CJ go crazy. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get some, it. we'll get some edgier guests on or something. Yeah. We'll get some really, really good guests, uh, for, uh, for the supporters. So that, that'll launch, uh, sometime in the coming week or weeks. Um, and, uh, we're excited about the, the second season, second year. Uh, it's, it has been a ton of fun, uh, to, to hang out with you guys, do these live uh, shows and, uh, we're going to keep rolling. It's gonna, it's going to be a crazy year, 2024. And so, uh, we're excited to see where things go. And, uh, and so that's, that's all we got for this week. Uh, hopefully maybe Tuesday we'll have another surprise episode, uh, Tuesday night after, uh, Donald Trump, uh, dominates uh, New Hampshire. Um, or not, maybe he won't, maybe it'll be a big surprise. Um, maybe Nikki Haley will somehow the, the, the water mains in, in, in New Hampshire will burst. Yeah. Maybe Jeb, maybe Jeb, maybe Jeb will sweep in and take it. We don't know. Good Jeb. Uh, so anyway, um, that's, that's all we got for you today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please, please like subscribe, uh, share the podcast. Let, uh, let people know that the very best right-wing dissident Christian analysis can be found right here. But until we see you again, stay dangerous and we will see you next time.